The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 277 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the peckish Nick Pollock. Nick, how are you doing? What is happening? Peckish is what you yeah. said today. Peckish is what I decided to go with. Aren't you feeling a little bit peckish? Like you would, you know, you'd like a, uh, uh, you're hungry? You want a little nosh? There's nothing to eat? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really hungry fast because I fast before these. <laughs> All right. I don't eat before a podcast because then I just don't have energy. I just want to just like do nothing. But I got to bring it for you. Look, you, you get the iced coffee for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't eat for you. It, it okay. is very kind. <laughs> my, my, my best boy over here, he was very nice. I ran late today, but Nick, he's a mensch and he mm, said, it's okay. Yeah. It's no problem. And that was very, very nice. Nick and I are actually going to see each other also on Wednesday. Yes, we are. We're, we're going, going to a we're game. game. We're going to a yeah, game with game. some PL folks. Yep. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait. Do we know who's pitching it? Uh, it's Taiwan Walker uh, for, okay. uh, against uh, not Alcantara. That's all. <laughs> not Alcantara. Is it? Is it Rogers? I think it's Edward Cabrera. Oh, Trevor Rogers Cabrera? is going on a doubleheader. You can actually just check the article I put out today. We can check the article, which is what exactly we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, even better. It's Eliezer Hernandez. Oh, that should be fun. I can get behind that. I Hopefully can get behind that. slider is working. Oh, yeah. So, Nick. Hi. You did it. You, you made the final iteration of the yes. 2021 version of the list before you move into the too early, which we're going to be talking about right. in the next couple of weeks. But how do you feel? How does it does it feel like a, that you finally scratched that itch? Well, I, I'll say that um, I don't really recognize the offseason until that too early ranking is out. So that's okay. uh, that's next Monday. Uh, I, I'm wondering if I need to even start it sooner, because I feel like if I do the 12 o'clock stream, like I'm going to be there till six or something. Because I, I don't just go, hey, you know, uh, we'll throw down at 13. You know, I, that's yeah, not yeah. me. That's a that's real newspaper me, okay? joke. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so I, I meticulously go through it. And uh, I look forward to that one because it's less of like the the labor of this one. You know, James Shiano, once again, did an amazing job helping um, craft these tables with me. 
mm-hmm. there's just a lot of work of of creating a table and and decorating it and making sure everything's organized and staring at 20 million names and going ah, I don't know what to do. Yeah, uh, 150 starting pitchers. I I have a process at least with that one. So looking forward to that. But yeah, we got one week left. Um, my my leagues are pretty much done. But your you got one left fast. I got one left. Well, uh, 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 sorry, I just <laughs> I said ten thousand things. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, you reminded me <laughs> that I would I be did. remiss if I did not give a congratulations to all the people that had won their league this year. A majority mm. of the championships have already wrapped up. If that is the yes. case with you, congratulations. I'm I'm very happy for you. You did it. I know you don't have a lot of people in your life that you could probably go to and say you did it. Congratulations to. Let us be that person who won the PL Legacy League. Well, the it's the championship now. I lost oh, it was the this semis. Week. I lost it. I know, like that you assumed that I was in there. Uh, it yeah, was, I uh, it's uh, for the third year in a row. It's Rick Graham versus John Metzelar. Has it really been for the third year in a row? Yes. Yeah, I won the one four years ago, and then since then it's been Rick Graham and John Metzelar head to head against each other. By the way, that's hitter list and reliever list. Essentially, Rick does all the closers. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I there's something they do a good job. Clearly, don't listen to me. Yeah, listen yeah. Pitch, pitcherless lost. Pitcherless lost. Yeah, really. Um, really and yes, to echo what you originally brought up. Yes, it's the final week of tout. Uh, I, I I am in the lead. I'm in the lead by I think six or six or seven points maybe. But man, Al Melchior. Uh, yeah, how many points? What, what's uh, eight seven? What's uh, yeah seven points? Seven and a half. Uh, Al Melchior. It's closer than it looks. He's been nipping at my heels for weeks. And that's what I, he does. I'm so that's what, that's, that's what Al does all the time. He just nips at heels. He's, he's a nipper. Uh, it, it, it's just like a puppy. Oh, he's, uh, he's He is the best. He's truly the man. And literally, I would have no problem losing to him because he's another mensch. Um, mm. The mensch from Montana. I think he moved. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he's Either in way. Massachusetts now. Yeah. The mensch, the mensch from Massachusetts. Even better. Um, either way. Uh, I, I'm a little bit worried. Things are a little. I, I made. A, I did a little bit of a bold strategy today. The person behind me in strikeouts and the person behind me in innings isn't too. Is kind of far away, but holds and saves is really, really close. And I could lose three position spots. So I, I put in. I got Nick Anderson. I got Liam Hendricks. I got uh, Scott Barlow. Um, I got Michael Lorenzen. So I'm really hoping I can get four or five holds this week. If I do, I think I can pull it out. But nice. Good. All right. Yeah, well, we'll uh, I, I look forward to next week. We won't talk about my, my, my 150 starters. No, we'll talk about how Alex Fast took down Tout Wars. I, yeah, I, I think fun. legitimately people do want to hear that podcast. And if you do, definitely let us know. Uh, we are doing the Mario Kart stream now. Uh, yeah. The Mario Kart, I should say. Yeah, what are we gonna? We gotta figure out time to do that. Well, I mean, November, November, December. That's primo off-season content. Okay. Yeah, totally. It's it's not even October yet. Yeah, uh, and I can't wait for that. By the way, I know that I am going to be streaming like on Twitch. As if you guys remember opening day, where I was watching all these games and everyone was around. I can't actually show the games, but I can do you know score bugs, all that kind of stuff. Maybe I can convince this guy here to uh, to join me for one of them. I uh, maybe but, uh, maybe we'll see. But, no, I don't. That sounds fun. No, of course. Uh, but yeah, I'll be watching these a lot of these playoff games, streaming with everybody there. Uh, so definitely come by on Twitch, Twitch.tv/pitchlist. And I should mention, uh, we are looking for a senior WordPress developer. So that's you. Mm. Send us an email: info at pitchlist.com. It's obviously a paid position. Everyone here is paid. Uh, but yeah, we're making some amazing things, and we figure, you know what? We could use a little bit more help. So hopefully, you are the perfect fit. 
one of us, one of us. <laughs> um, so yes. this is the most arduous version of the list, not necessarily because a lot of people have already wrapped up their championships, but because this is the week where, hey, guess what? That guy who was starting on Thursday, he oh, had yeah. a little bit of a gas problem and he he, he tweaked That's his side. That's going and- with. He farted and he hurt his side, and now he can't do it, and now he can't pitch. But you know what I mean? The point is there's weird injuries, and guys just get shut down, and they're not going to make their start, right? So we even had during, like, as I was making it, uh, Luis Castillo moved uh, to Thursday. Joe Ryan was confirmed to also go to Thursday. Both guys on on Tuesday. Oh, what's the Jameson Tyone thing? What happened there? Well, Jameson Tyone now is a two-start week. He originally did, and now he does. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Now, I, I will say that um the most interesting thing about these future schedules this week is that are the teams that are in contention it's actually on both sides really the teams that are in contention that sunday could change drastically for example yeah. i could see a scenario where the yankees say you know what Garrett cole come back three days rest we need you for sunday I, mm-hmm. that's not out of the question not to mention yeah. those contention teams game 163 could exist which means that if you have Garrett Cole and you go, oh, it's going to be James Tyre or something like that, do not drop him because it could actually pick a uh, pitch on Monday. Theoretically, and there are some leagues that do count 163 as well. But you also have scenarios like Walker Buehler is supposed to go on Sunday, but if the Dodgers have that all locked up or they it's it's they their fate is decided, uh, maybe they just say, you know what, we don't want to add any more bullets. Uh, we want to save those. Uh, to, you know, Pitching is attrition and all. And that actually might be the case for someone like you, Darvish, or something, where he's supposed to go two starts and the Padres are out. And maybe they say, you know what, Darvish, like, it's not necessary, man. You know, maybe someone else would go and take it. So Sunday in particular is going to be weird. Uh, And good luck trying to predict and plan for that one. Yeah, I'm praying for my talent purposes that Darvish does make those two starts. They're like, hey, go out there. Because, uh, you know, Darvish, he's going to want to pitch regardless. You know what I mean? No matter I mean, what I would think gonna... so. You just you never know with these things. You, you never know. know. Like, the, the guys are sore at this point in September. And, you know, pitching, all you need is to pitch on one sore day for something to go wrong. And yeah. we'll see. Man, now you really got me. Uh, <laughs> uh, was, was there already a game today? Yeah, there have been a bunch of games already today, yes. right? Yeah, okay, there great. are so five games in. today, and they have a couple. Yeah, there have already been like three that have gone on. Okay, great. Um, yeah. With that said, let, let's yes. go day by day, starting on Tuesday, because if you're listening to this already, it's Monday. You already made those starts. Not a lot of starters today, which is good, too. Right. Um, also, really you know, impactful either. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, but man, also, you reminded me, too. It's going to be a wild week for that AL wild card, man. It's going to be. I can't bananas. wait. It's, oh, my God. Dude, I mean, that series over the weekend, the sound of John Carlos Stanton yeah. home runs are just, it's something else. It, it really, is. Unreal. <laughs> I felt bad crazy. for Pavetta. He was dealing before that. He, he oh, got yeah. removed. There was, there was some really nice pitch in there from him. Uh, someone made a post on Reddit. I forgot who it was, but it cracked me up how there could theoretically, it's nearly impossible, but theoretically be a five-way tie for, for that AL wild card. I mean, that, I want that. Who doesn't want that? Because baseball just goes, I can see the the meeting, uh, the council meeting of baseball. Be like, rabble, 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 rabble. You know, what are we supposed to do with this? Like, how Johnson, weren't you supposed to take care of this? Yes, sir. But I couldn't foresee. Well, what what would you do? It's a five-way tie. How do you fix that? Rob Manfred would be like, let's make an NFT. And they'd be like, Rob, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. Okay, wait. I'm actually trying right now to do this. You swap. First of all, you have to swap the NL and AL wildcard. You have to do that. 
What do you mean? You have to you have to get an extra day because because the Tuesday is the AL wild card, Wednesday is NL, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean I would say give give them Monday and Tuesday at least to try and and sift through this, okay? And then it's a five way tie. Maybe at least designate one team that is exceptional to say okay the other four of you need to play each other once and they have a little mini playoff or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe you got to get down to four. So you have a wild card for four versus five of those. I I, I got nothing, man. It, how are yeah, you? Yeah, I don't envy I them. I don't know. I, I imagine they're already <laughs> thinking about it just as like a, a worst case. Uh, yeah, no you know, sleep. Figuring out what to do there. Yeah, no, no sleep. sleep. No sleep. No. Um, all right. Let's, let's get into this every single game. And then they can just say, oh, it was a bad call from Angel Hernandez. <laughs> Sorry. There's wow. only two teams. You found your way. You found your way to dunk on him. You, you said no, that man had no part of this conversation. You were like, sorry, Wait a Angel. Minute. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm going to dunk. Uh, we're going to start with Tuesday. Once again, I'm just going to read through the auto starts. If there's anyone that you want to comment on, by all means, go ahead. Sure. Uh, but it's Brandon Woodruff, Walker Bueller, Zach Wheeler, Chris Sale, Adam Wainwright, Logan Webb, Marcus Stroman, Charlie Morton. Two quick things I want to say. One, yeah. got to love that it's Brandon Woodruff. Uh, this early on in the week, because probably no chance he would make a Sunday start. They probably would want to rest him for the playoffs. Yeah, we, well, we have no idea what the Brewers are doing with this stuff. Like Burns and Peralta later in the week, are they actually going to start them? They're they're locked. Like, why are they mm-hmm. still making starts? I I think it's because they want to keep them in rhythm. So yeah. then they might go just three innings or so. So don't completely bank on a lot of volume from these guys as you typically would. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Treat it like a bullpen day. You can just stay right. warm, keep them on the same schedule, and then let them execute later on. Uh, last thing, too, uh, hands up on the on your, you know, show me on your bingo card where you had Marcus Stroman leading the way for starts on the yeah. year, right? Didn't so, he lead the Yeah, so he's, okay, if he makes both of these starts, right now he has 32 technically. Uh, he would have 34 for the season. That is, you know, tomorrow and then on Sunday, Marcus Stroman. I will say this. He started on April 11th for one out. That game got suspended by rain, and then he pitched pitched two days later. Okay. So with that gift, he got he now has 34 starts. I mean, two days. Wait, that counted as two starts. That count that counted as two separate starts. The one out. No, no, the one out he had on the 11th, and then it was a different game two days later that he started. Oh, so he got credited as a start for the yes. He got credited as a start for that one. Cheater. So, so I mean, there are a lot of guys with 33. I think there are about 10 or so, maybe 10 okay. to 15, uh, something along those lines, at least expected by the end. But it was pretty cool to be like, oh, there's one guy with 34. I mean, generally to have 34 starts, you have to have something like that go your way or you need to like skip in the rotation a little because there just aren't enough days in the year for it. But it's pretty cool to see. I mean, he's going against Miami, so he's an auto start here. I will mention Logan Webb to me is, um, I think I just saw a too early mock where he, I think he was around the 20th or 25th inside of that starters. And oof, I don't know. I, I, 20th? I think he was top 20? Something like that. Top 20, top 25 for Interesting. next year. Okay. I, I don't know who picked him. I'm not saying I'm, I I know that I am inherently going to be lower on Logan Webb next year. He's going against Arizona here. I can't. I just get the sense of like he's starting to the, the seams are busting a little bit. Hmm. Uh, on the sinker command uh i don't know that's just kind of where i'm at right now but i mean you start you start all these guys including logan webb i i just remembered too uh stroman is a free agent this year 
this is, he, I believe he signed, he took the qualifying, yeah, right? Yes, or no, yeah. he accepted the, yeah. Uh, so he's a free, it's an interesting starting pitcher free agent class. It's <laughs> a lot of old men. Uh, in, in <laughs> there's one of my favorite Tim and Eric clips uh, where they uh, fire all their interns and they hire old men. And Eric Wareheim says, I hate these old men. Uh, but there's a lot of old men because there's Verlander, there's um, Granky, Kershaw, Scherzer, uh, all free agents. I wonder what Stroman gets. I'm very curious to see what Stroman gets and we, where he goes. We absolutely will have a free agency podcast. Yeah, that'll be fun. I like yeah. that. Love a good free agency podcast. All right. Anyway, I wasted too much time on the guys that we're not talking about. Um, <laughs> the probable starts are Trevor Rogers, Chris Bassett, Jose Arquiti, Brady Singer, and Aaron Savale. So let's start with Trevor Rogers. What puts? I believe he was also a probable start last week. What makes him the probable start again this week? Right. So Trevor Rogers certainly has not been the person you've envisioned in the first half. Uh, has not gone six frames in a long time since uh, since June 15th. He did have a quick injury stint there. Well, it was also the bereavement list really uh, for him. However, he struck out 10 last time against the Nationals. And that should be good enough for you to say, okay, you know what? Trevor Rogers is doing enough hinting of that prior ace-like success that I'd feel comfortable starting him. Okay, uh, so Brady Singer and Aaron Savali, guys who have had some rockiness. What do you think of there? Right, we've been targeting the start for Aaron Savali for a while. Uh, he's had some tough starts recently at Chicago White Sox, uh, the Yankees, the, the Brewers involved, the Twins. He hasn't really had a, oh, this is a weak offense kind of start in a while. And not to say that he didn't have any success against those tough teams, against the Twins and Yankees. Uh, he had uh, a lot only one earned run combined those two. Now I'm going to ignore the 14 earned runs between the Brewers and Chicago White Sox. But I do think that if you have Aaron Savali, this is the start that you have penciled in that you can say, all right, he should be able to survive against the Royals. I know it's right off the heels of that seven earned run game against the White Sox, but we were kind of avoiding mm-hmm. that anyway. He was at the very bottom of the questionable start tier for that start. This is much, just a much better scenario. I imagine Savali is focused on, I mean, this is pseudo-analysis, but he's focused on saying, what, I, I got to have one good start to get out of this season, and this this is the one I think that he tries to nail down. Okay. We're looking at questionable starts on Tuesday. We're talking Darvish, Alec Mills, Kyle Freeland, Yusei Kikuchi, Garrett, uh, Braxton Garrett, excuse me, and Trevor Williams. Darvish makes sense. It's going up against the Dodgers. Obviously been a little bit inconsistent. The one question I have for you, well, there's a few, but the first one is... You say Kikuchi hasn't gone more than five innings since August 31st, hasn't lasted into the fourth in his past two starts against Kansas City and Oakland. And yet here we are saying maybe he's a questionable start against Oakland. He's a, he's look in the questionable starts here. It's uh, I throw in guys that are considerable if you're chasing something. Uh, they're not, you know, if I felt comfortable with them, then I would put him in the second tier. Right. So for Kikuchi. He did go eight, uh, five innings with eight strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. Just uh, two starts. He's two starts removed from that now. Uh, that was on the 12th. And then since was the Royals and the Athletics. There's an opportunity here for Kikuchi. Look, if he has his cutter and his slider working, doesn't matter that his fastball's at 94. This could be a profitable start. Also with uh, you know, some strikeout upside in there. I wonder if there is some sort of pitch count for him. Because even in that dominant start... He didn't go more than 90 pitches. Yeah, he 76 in that one, 86 against the Royals, uh, and then 72 against the Athletics. 
but it is it's 157 innings pitched he's done 161 before he had 47 last year so that's probably the more important number where they're like okay he's getting up there and they are playing for something which is awesome i love that the mariners could theoretically make yeah, the playoffs right? i'm all about that yeah, one that's one quick five. question yeah. who would you like to see who would you like to see in the wild card game i mean there's nothing quite like a red Sox yankee game but uh there's a part of me that would love it to be the jays mariners yeah, you know what? Actually, I literally agree exactly with what you said. Uh, it, it, it's funny. I actually think I'm exact. I don't want to see the A's again. I really don't no, want to see the A's sorry. again. No. As an Orioles fan, I wouldn't be upset if the Yankees missed the playoffs. Uh, right. So I'm going to go with those two but, options. But the well. electricity of a Red Sox Yankee game where it's all or nothing is just this. Uh, it's tough to beat. needs that stuff, you know? It, yeah. Those Stanton home runs were truly, they were oh. Those are, I mean, the grand slam on on, on eighth inning, like that was just. No, it was, it was unbelievable. Crazy. So we're going to move into the do not starts. We're going to go with uh, Tyone, Hyunjin Ryu, Reynaldo Lopez, AJ Alexi, Mitch Keller against Chicago, Patrick Corbin and Coors, Luke Weaver, Michael Waka, Tyler Alexander, oh, Packy Naughton, Charlie (laughs) Barnes, Bruce Zimmerman, and the TBD Reds S. So the two guys who probably stick out most are Tyone and Ryu. Just thinking, hey, that Toronto offense and that Yankees offense probably not worth risking at all. Yeah, they're just it's just too scary, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like Tyone, we don't really know where he's at either, and it's not there. Ryu hasn't been good for a while. Yeah, uh, and I really wouldn't trust. I do want to note really quickly. You might be surprised to hear Braxton Garrett in the questionable tier. It's funny. It I actually had Mets. him pulled up to talk about him. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. He's against the Mets. Uh, he actually showed some legitimate upside earlier this year. Uh, had multiple starts of, of legit success. Seven innings and ten strikeouts against the uh, Padres, for example. Then the next one followed up against the Mets. Six Ks and yeah. five innings of zero and runs. With four uh, walks. Yes. I And the last one we've seen was the middle of August with, with six walks against Atlanta. <laughs> However... He's been pitching in the minors and he's been good. You know, he's had multiple seven uh, strikeout games. He's consistently going about five innings. That's what I can see. I can see a chance that Braxton goes five innings against a mediocre Mets team and actually is serviceable. And I wanted to highlight that uh, he's go- might be going opposite Trevor Williams, who's going against the Marlins. So you, that could work, too. And that's why they're there. While Tyone and Ryu, for me, are just so risky. That could be more detrimental than what Garrett or Williams would do to you. And that's why Tyone and Ryu are in that fourth tier. Happy to hear you say that because I sat Tyone this week in uh, in tout for that reason, where I was like, do I really want to risk it against Toronto? And who's their final series against? It's someone scary. Uh, is it Tampa uh, Bay? The Rays, yes. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Uh, let's move into Wednesday. The auto starts Scherzer, Cole, Frankie Montas, Max Fried, Alex Wood at Arizona, Nathan Eovalde. Uh, against Baltimore and Jose Barrios at the Yankees. Any comments just, about these? Say, yes, my comment is Iavalde. Iavalde. Hmm. <laughs> That's I mean, how they Alex pronounce Wood, it in his <laughs> Alex Wood uh, hasn't really gone deep in games lately. Uh, three innings and four innings were his last two. Uh, 61 pitches last time um, and 37 before that. But I feel he's at a point now where he needs to be ramping up to being playoff self. And he hasn't allowed more than two in runs in any of his last five starts. So six starts ago was five in runs. That was when he was going through a bad period in the start of August. I think he's in a good position where he's not going to hurt you. And he should go at least five innings here against a weak Arizona team. I feel like if you have Alex Wood, you're definitively starting him. 
Okay. And Jose Barrios, I mean, he tightroped a little bit in that last start where I think it started off a little bit rough for him. Uh, I think he ended up just giving up three earned runs against Minnesota. I thought it was going to be kind of a revenge game for him where he just dominated. Mm-hmm. He still had 10 Ks, which is great. Ten strikeouts. I guess he too. earned a Gallup's poll 17 whiffs in that game. Yes. Oh, Lordy. Uh, but, and he did have success against the yeah, Yankees recently. I also. think this is this is, might be the, the lowest auto start of the week, right? So if you guys oh, know, really? I make the giant table of every start combined, and it's the stupidest thing ever. Uh, and I have them in the four tiers, so I say all the auto starts, like who is where. Um, and I think Jose Brios is the last one because it's the Yankees, and it's very... It's it's volatile. Uh, Jose Brios is known as the flag to me because he undulates so much. But because of that, it's just you throw Brios out there all the time and you hope for the best. So good luck. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Dot MP4. That's truly my, might be my favorite video game quote of all time. If you guys don't know this, anytime Fast and I wish each other good luck, we essentially do the Star Fox 64 robot at the start of uh-huh. every mission. That's what that means. Good luck. MP4 is that. That's that's coming to Switch too. I'm very excited for that. Oh right, yeah, the N64 online stuff. But anyway, so then probably starts here is Taiwan Walker and Aaron Nola, and I know a lot of people are going to be upset about Aaron Nola. Uh, he has a essentially a four or five ERA, and it, it's it's just maddening to me. Uh, yeah. His stuff is still really really good. Um, oh, actually. Fast. I met Elena Dare in person over the weekend. I didn't tell you. This. No way. What? You yeah, didn't tell me that. Was, I know. It was it was fantastic. And uh I believe she was telling me, uh, which is one of the most flattering things ever, uh, that Aaron Nola has the best plus percentage on a fastball of anyone since uh since we have tracked it. So I believe that's 2015. If you don't have a plus percentage, it's a stat I came up with that we haven't really dove into, which mm. I think is pretty cool. It's the percentage of all pitches that a pitcher throws that is beneficial to them. So CSW, right? But also foul balls and also outs. So if you combine them all into, I throw a pitch, what's the percentage? It's one of those outcomes. Uh, Aaron Nola's fastball is the highest of any fastball. We don't deserve Alan Adair. We really don't. No one one does. We absolutely don't. (laughs) Alan Adair is is amazing. Um, All right, so that brings us then into the, man, also... Pour one out for that Nola six-run run start against the Pirates. It's like, unbelievable. Finally he had, you he had a King Cole. <laughs> he had a King Cole in that game, which it's is just, uh, the highest CSW of anybody that that day. So uh, you got to keep starting him for the most part. I really feel that Brutal. this should benefit you, but I understand if you want to put in the questionable start. It's against Atlanta, but it's just I don't know. We'll talk about twenty twenty two later. Speaking of questionable, questionable is where it gets a meaty. Luis Garcia, Carlos Rodon, Kyle Hendricks, Logan Gilbert, Sonny Gray, Zach Plezak, Michael Pen- Pineda. No, and yet. did it. Uh, did I did it. it. I finally heard you <laughs> shaming me. Uh, Taylor Hearn, Adrian Hauser, Eliezer Hernandez, Daniel Lynch doesn't deserve to be there, and Miles ah. Michaelis. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with Carlos Rodon. Obviously, getting a little bit more rest. Didn't Wasn't able to last very long in that most recent start this will be his final tune-up before the white Sox enter the playoffs i imagine that's why you're a little bit skeptical plus the opponent yeah it's i mean so carlos rodon i imagine it's only gonna be like three innings or so that, that I, it's, I think more has come out since i put this uh together uh but it seems like for that start for carlos rodon it's yeah should be about trio of innings or so and it hopefully should be beneficial to you there's a chance that he goes five or something because he's just feeling great and everything is fine because they do want him to be fully ready for the playoffs. 
But yeah. if I had to guess, yeah, it'd be about three innings. Okay. Uh, Logan Gilbert, you know, it, 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 you. I think there was a little bit of karma. You were deriding the Angels' offense, and then they blew up Tyler Anderson and Logan Gilbert. Oh, uh, they heard Anderson you. One. Oh, Tyler was it like, really oh, I think the final scoreline was, what, 18 earned runs for Tyler Anderson? It was like insane. It was like it was six nine. or seven. It was nine? It was nine? Oh, okay. Nine. Yeah, it was not great. So, so rough. Uh, Logan Gilbert didn't have his best stuff, and I think... He can survive against the athletics, though. You know, one start does not make a pitcher. Uh, it's obviously it makes us lean one way or another, but I'm going to say that Logan Gilbert will be all right against Seth. You know, what? I mean, it's it's a questionable, but it's a shrug start. Hopefully, it's on the good side. You know, what blows my mind about that start: five and a third innings pitched, four earned runs, two walks, four Ks. How many pitches? I uh, I think he threw. I'm trying to remember this. Was it an extreme number, like super high? It was. So when it was I like see five and a third, or something? it was 110. Well done. Yeah. It was 110. When I hear five and a third with four and runs, two walks and four Ks, I'm like 80, 95, maybe, yeah, right, maybe right. 100. 110. They really let him If I remember it correctly, I think he had 20 foul balls allowed. Yeah. Um, and generally, like, I mean, this is not from a uh, <laughs> well-researched stance that I have here, but... There are a lot of times when I see that kind of high pitch count, I always think, oh, right, it's like two strike foul balls or something like that. You know, and I'm seeing a lot of extra foul balls on those pitches. It's just, oh, that's when a guy just doesn't quite have it. Mm. Uh, you know, and you, yeah, foul balls keep you up at night. Same with Alex Chamberlain. <laughs> um, and all I can think about with them is that generally pitchers with high two strike foul balls also have a lot of strikeouts. Like Verlander was always high in it. Um, so I, I don't really know what to make of that, but just, oh yeah, high pitch count. It was just one of those days where guys were just fouling it off, you know, it's the most obnoxious thing ever. It's like letting in tennis. If you could do letting on demand in tennis, you'd be the greatest guy ever. Cause you would just get in their head. And when you see a guy fell off so many times as a pitcher, you're just like, this is the worst. I just yeah. want to hate you and move on. Like, <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, that is very funny. Um, the next guy on this list, a guy who has had, I, I asked you a weird trivia question midstream about, I think it was like most called strikes or the guy who was like leading the league oh, yeah. and called strikes. It's Sonny Gray. And it's Sonny Gray. First and foremost, what does that make you? And Sonny Gray's never really been a guy who's overtly relied on called strikes. He's always had good enough stuff to be able to get whiffs. Now, yeah. here he is with that really high called strike percentage. What does that lead you to believe about Sonny Gray's season? It makes me believe that his secondary stuff isn't as good as he needs it to be because he has to rely on fastballs getting called strikes. That's a problem. That's not a good thing. Uh, you know, when we see when we see guys uh, have success with things that we don't normally see them have success with, especially when it's notoriously been a bad offering, and we don't see the things that are supposed to be good also be good. Like for example, let's say. Sonny Gray had, you know, 15 whiffs combined on breaking balls and his fastball was really good. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. That, I'm excited for that. But when Sonny Gray has a good start and it's not because the breakers are good because they weren't, it's when the bad pitch does well. I just, I look at it and go, nah, that, that's yeah. just not going to last. That's not sustainable, right? And that's what we've seen a decent amount this season. It's actually kind of like Tyler McGill when he didn't have his changeup and he had his fastball work for a day. I should have really been more disciplined and said like, no fastball is not the way he gets his success like this will not continue until the changeup becomes a legitimate pitch again um, I wish I did that so I'm going to keep 
reminding myself those things. And when I see that from Sunny Gray, uh, it's just, ah, I'm not really a believer in this moving forward. Well, that reminds me of an interesting caveat, actually. Um, well, two things. One, real quick, the stat was highest percentage of strikeouts called via called strike. Sonny Gray leads. When I tweeted that, he was at 44%. Now he's actually at 46, so it's gone up. <laughs> but your point, of course, still remains. Two, are you then also speaking of Zach Gallen, who's really been four-seamer dominant more recently? Yeah, so I have been Dodgers? doing that. Now, I will say in that last start, his changeup was better, finally. Totally, five with seen. We didn't, yeah, We it was just overall just a more effective pitch. The curveball wasn't there. The cutter also actually was kind of good. Um, so there was more to it then. You know, in the previous ones, right, it was a fastball doing well, 15 cold strikes and a four-seamer to give a damn. Just like, ah, that's not it. That's not mm. the path that, that got us excited from it. And I'm not going to believe now that this is okay and fine. So, yeah, that, that does lead me to that. Now, fortunately for Gallen, he finally has the easy start. He has Rocky Road. And I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, let's look at the do not starts. We're looking at Luis Patino, Merrill Kelly, Jansen Junk, Casey Mize, Miguel Yajure, Paulo Espino, Peter Lambert, Ryan Weathers, and Zach Lothar. Yeah, Luis so, Patino. So this one took ahead. me a while. It's Miguel Yahure. Yahure. Yeah. Yahure. It's, it's a fun Thank one. I like that one a lot. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's nothing, wrong. there's nothing really interesting here, say Patino and Merrill Kelly. I, I generally, when it comes to do not starts, there are two sides of it. There's the ones that theoretically have the potential to go six innings, right? That can actually last for that long and then on a, you know, have a birthday party and have a good start, right? Mm-hmm. There's that side of it. So Merrick Kelly, who knows? Maybe he can do that against the Giants. I don't want to take the chance, but there's that opportunity, right? However, no. Casey Mize is limited. We know that. Three innings. You who right? <laughs> he doesn't really, he's not that great. Actually, in some ways, I want to put him above Mize because maybe he can go four or five. Espino has a chance to go five, six in cores, but not really. But Peter Lambert, I mean, come on. Ryan Weathers, no. Zach Lothar, yeah. no. So that that's there is that distinction to me inside these dudes not start tiers. And Jansen Junk, maybe he does go four to five. That's effective against the Rangers. That's not a good offense. So that, that's how I'm breaking this, and that's why I still labor over a tier when I'm shouting to people, do not start them. It's, yeah. it's a wonderful life, Fast. <laughs> I guess the only one I could theoretically make an argument for is Espino because he's done it against Colorado, and even though it's in cores, he's so fastball dependent and isn't that breaking ball dependent. He's four-seam curveball, but he throws a four-seam like almost 55, 60% there of the time. no way I'm starting Espino. All right. All right. Just playing devil's advocate. It's cores. It's course. It is it's undefeated course. unless you're Kevin Gaussman yesterday. That's true. Or no, I think even Alex, uh, not Alex, but Anthony Discofani got a little bit beat up in cores a couple weeks or so ago. Uh, you're right. It's undefeated. Uh, auto starts for Thursday. Yeah. Rabbi Ray, uh, Lance <laughs> McCullers, uh, Ian Anderson and Shane Bieber. He's back, baby. He was the so, focus of the write up that day. Right, so he went three innings and looked pretty good. It wasn't amazing, but looked pretty good. And I it, I treat auto start as in, if you have him, you're starting him. And yes, you are going to start Shane Bieber. He's probably going to go four to five innings. It could He could go five, honestly, uh, against a weak team in, in the Royals. Like, yes, start Shane Bieber. Don't, we shouldn't be having this conversation right now. Go ahead. You know, that that's kind of how I feel about it. He's on the, he's at the bottom of them because the, the cap ceiling and everything. But yeah. Yeah, the the idea that he's going to be detrimental in that start is very 
unlikely. Could, as always, to everybody, but very unlikely. Probable starts looking at Joe Ryan, Carlos Hernandez, Tyler McGill. Joe Ryan, you've had a crush on for a while. It gets the 11 Ks, two earned runs, five innings against the Cubs. Was there any part of you that was like, that's kind of an auto start against Detroit? Right. Uh, there was a part of me that thought that. Um, I will also recognize, though, that Joe Ryan has had a wonderful schedule. And it's a 92-ish fastball. Actually, in that one, I think it was 90 and change uh, against Chicago, where he's uh, he doesn't really have too much in that repertoire outside of it. Uh, and he's also not someone that is really in that top tier of command. Uh, he's very much of like, hey, my fastball is like really hard to hit, so I'm going to hopefully be around the zone and not down the middle. And you're going to have to deal with that. And there are a lot of times he threw that against the Cubs, and the Cubs, for whatever reason, just could not handle it down the middle. Uh, the Tigers are a better team than the Cubs. And I don't want people to feel blind in like, oh, I'm totally safe starting Joe Ryan. I will also mention, here comes Alex, Alex think fast. Woo-hoo! He, was placed on the, <laughs> he was placed on the bereavement list. So I don't know why you would. And, uh, <laughs> and he would be going on Tuesday, but they decided to give him two days so he didn't get, have to rush into it. But there is something to be said about that. You don't know how some people respond sometimes that they pitch at their best because they feel... You know, that's a certain moment for some guys. They just they're not quite there in that headspace, which is very understandable. So there's a little bit more haze than I would like here for Joe Ryan. This is kind of um, I, I this kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Uh, he was the fourth person this year, um, mm-hmm. fourth or I guess maybe fifth. No, I think fourth. No, fifth. Uh, to <laughs> have <laughs> to have more that it's a, yeah, it's it's not a lot of people more than ten Ks on fewer great. than ninety pitches. I was gonna say it must have been like five innings or something. If fewer than ninety yeah. pitches out, that's really impressive. Eleven Ks on eighty six pitches. That's so great. we have Carlos Rodon had eleven Ks on eighty nine pitches. Julio Urias had twelve strikeouts on eighty four pitches. <laughs> Uh, and Jose Barrios also did the same. I'm sure there's one that I'm missing in there, uh, but that's that's pretty pretty unbelievable. Garrett Cole had 12 on 87. It's pitches. it's an indication of a pitch just being really really deceptive. You mean his four seamer, which he threw 62 of and got 10 yes. whiffs and 12 called it, strikes there's, on? There's, it's like I, I wouldn't be surprised honestly if Robbie Ray or Blake Snell ever got to that point because that's kind of what they're doing too. They're just throwing in the zone confidently with heaters at this point, and. You know, say, hey, just do something with this, right? Is Joe Ryan your sleeper of 2022? No, no. I've actually outwardly said that, guys, it's a schedule a lot, and I think he's going to mm-hmm. have a lot of innate volatility. But if he's, everyone's ignoring him, then yes. I, like, I believe more in going after a Joe Ryan than I do a Chris Flexen. Sorry. So, yeah, more strikeout upside, it would seem. So you're saying that if he starts 2022 with an early schedule, he could be a really fun last pick, take him for a few weeks, then use him as a exactly. streaming. Yep. Very nice. Very interesting. Um, all right. We're looking now at the questionable starts. Alex Cobb, Nick Pavetta, Glenn Otto, Tony Gonsal, and Kyle Gibson, and Johnny Cueto. Yeah, there are some fun things here. And I honestly, I, I kept wrestling with Tony Gonsal against the, the Padres because he just came out After- with a really nice start. Mm-hmm. And uh, what were we saying after his last starter saying? I mean, he, no, yeah, I was going like to say where you gonna... innings. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say where you're going to put him in either probable or do not. Oh, oh going up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, he had 2.1 innings that were really bad in relief of Kershaw. Then he came out had a really nice start against Arizona. Yeah. And I, I, I want to believe that 
that is actually going to be there. Five, six innings against the Padres. But I don't know. He's just been too volatile right now. I don't feel like we can just go and and, and trust them. The Padres, are they going to be good or bad? We don't really know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are the cherry bomb of offenses, really. Yeah. Um, Glenn Otto, I think, is underrated. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Glenn Otto is underrated with that slider, I think, going against the Angels. Yes, they're still a bad team. I don't care what they did to the Mariners. Uh, Pavetta has strikeout upside here against your Orioles. And Alex Cobb, I think, is a really solid stream if you need one against the Rangers. Uh, he looked really good against Houston. And that could work out, too. So it's not a case of Gonsolin being at the bottom end of a third tier. It's like, no, no, actually, he's a very competitive one. Um, you just have three other good options, too. Yeah, I, I really like Pavetta against Baltimore. It's obviously like a must-win game for the Red Sox. There's plenty of strikeout upside. And he also just had nine. He had more called strikes in his curveball than he did all year in that well, most yeah, recent start against the Yankees. That's always the story, though, of Pavetta. Like, he has these moments where it's just the opponent doesn't matter. And just it's about, okay, can he throw strikes today or not with his secondary stuff? Of his last six starts... Three of them have been of four earned runs, uh, and one was three. I mean, he hasn't gone six innings in any of those six. Uh, that was actually the highest strikeout game of his last six starts uh, for Pavetta. So th- yeah. there's a lot of innate volatility here. Uh, and last time he went against your Orioles, it was 3.2 innings, eight base runners, three earned runs, three Ks. But then ironically, what was who was his last six earned run, six uh, inning start against? Uh, that was, of course, yeah, yeah Baltimore, eight, eight straight. Yeah. That's right. This <laughs> yeah. is, there it is. So it's funny. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Flip the coin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, luckily, by Thursday, you'll have a good idea of what you need and what you don't need. The Do Not Starts, we're looking at Madison Bumgarner, Edward Cabrera, Corey Kluber, Brett Anderson, Jay Happ, Tarek Skubal, Ryan Yarbrough, Max Kranick, Justin Steele, Vince Velasquez, and Alexander Wells. Wild that we're at a day and age where Corey Kluber is a Do Not Start. Well, okay, yeah. So there's two, there's two things really quickly. One... The idea, like, what do you need? I need them to be good fast. <laughs> That's uh, what do I need? I need to not fail. I uh, second of all, you gotta say Justin Steele, like Justin Steele. Don't it's you required. ever? Don't you it's required. ever tell me how to say my name? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Pineda. Anyway, uh, Corey Kluber yeah, against the Jays is yeah, uh, that's tough. I thought that after the Cleveland start, that against the Rangers, he had his. Really nice cutter against Cleveland. Hopefully, will be back there against Texas, and he didn't have it. And I don't feel good starting anyone really against the Jays unless you're an ace at this point. Uh, Bob Garner is still around like 90 miles per hour in his fastball. He was better last time, but this is the Giants, and I just uh, I wouldn't chance this at all. Uh, Ever Cabrera was such a disappointment, uh, and there's still a touch of that upside in there. It's he still throws hard and has good secondary stuff. Uh, it could come out against the Mets, but we really haven't seen that big outing yet. So yeah. I'm not going to say that's going to happen now. Uh, Friday, auto starts. Kershaw, Alcantara, Luis Castillo, Alec Manoa, Lance Lynn, Ranger Suarez, Shane McClanahan. Two things. One, which one of these is not like the other one? Uh, <laughs> and also, why don't you take a second? You deserve it. You don't like it, I know. But you should take a little victory lap on Sandy Alcantara because he has been unreal. Recently. I mean, for, for you've always Sandy been Alcantara, there. there's a there's a Kenta Maeda. So, no, but gonna, still, let's let's focus on the positive here for a second. <laughs> I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic of late. I mean, yeah, I, I know the the Rays start wasn't great, but still, just three earned runs, fourteen like that that run with the Cincinnati back to back games and the Met back to back games where he 
had more than 10 Ks and all three. It's a like, beautiful thing, Fast. It, it, it was when, beautiful. Ah, uh, like I mean, the funniest parts of me. I don't know. You watch a game of Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, you watch a game of Sandy Alcantara, and anyone will tell you. You know, it, it's not like I was some mysterious like oh no if he only does this or this like i see something that other people don't see i'm like no just like sure if you watch the one game he's throwing a hundred on the black with a change up that is filthy and then a slide of them it's like yeah uh, okay i could see how Nick could like this guy you know yeah um and it, it's it's a case of you see the one thing you watch it passes all this eye test and the results aren't getting there and more times than not i think Generally, guys fill in. You know, if I had to say, if if a guy is really passing the eye test and not getting the results, I would make the argument that they they eventually figure it out more times than not. Um, sure, there are going to be a lot of guys. There's a reason why um, the term "peas" exists. Ple- uh, poor execution, poor awesome execution. stuff. I mm-hmm. uh, it's existed since the beginning. Mike Fultonevich was initially a, one of them, Rip. right? And I, uh, well. The other one I was actually did pass away, I. Uh, but anyway, I. Oh my there are god! Be those dude. guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. He said like, I was like, Rip, what do you mean? Christ. How do you know? I know well, I, mean, I got not, morbid very quick. <laughs> your Donna Ventura was one of those too, um, and he was someone that I really still. Uh, I I felt that he could have unlocked, and I I still I'm still very sad about that one. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I there there are always going to be those kind of guys. Sandy Alcantara came into it and it's really nice to see that uh shane mcclanahan i mean he's here it's despite going against the yankees that, and that, that should be really fun that doesn't surprise me as much i mean ranger suarez has been great i mean that fastball change of combination was absolutely dominant against the pirates nine innings pitched with seven k's he had a 62 percent whiff rate on that four seamer 12 called strikes on the pitch but a mu- an auto start against miami talk to me about that or putting that probable I mean, it's Miami, and Ranger Suarez has like a two ERA, mm. and it's uh, sorry, a one four five ERA. Uh, yeah, but that's stop. that's reliever and starter. Okay, uh, he has allowed. Let's see, when he started, no, it's it's like a sub two ERA. When still he actually it, yeah. began starting on August twelfth, it was four point one innings, and he's allowed one has one game above two earned runs this yeah, entire time. There's it, no argument. It's, it's been absolutely remar- remarkable, but he's also faced really poor teams. Last hmm. six have been Arizona, then at Miami, then Rocky Road, then the Cubs, then the Orioles, and the Pirates. Not one competitive team, not even in Camden. Okay, so they're not fine. Your Orioles are well, bad. He faced Tampa Bay this year. He faced LA. <laughs> that was before it. That was before it, though. Uh, and that's no, but still, that's he- and even that, he survived those, yeah. The, the L.A. start was 4.1 innings. The, the 6.2 against the Rays, absolutely. But he hasn't really yeah. been challenged. And I don't feel uh, I don't feel strongly for Ranger Suarez in 2022. But, yeah, against Miami, he's on such a good roll in clear rhythm. Uh, obviously, you start this. The, the changeup is doing well. 21% swing strike rate is great. Doesn't get cold strikes with it, though. It's actually mm-hmm. sub-30% CSW. And actually, no pitch has a 30% CSW in his repertoire. Uh, 28.5% on the four-seamer. High call strike rate on it, about 20%. But it's, it, you know, I don't believe that both his changeup and his four-seamer are going to hover at 200 batting average allowed forever. That just doesn't seem right to me. But wait. Uh, I, yes? Now you're dunking on the guy who's the auto star. No, no, I'm saying forever. But okay. like, I feel like he's in a good rhythm. 
and in a place where it's just like, yeah, you're just going to let it ride. There's no way you're not starting this. But feel as far rhythm. as a long-term the thing, rhyme. yes, cool run. It's Ranger Suarez time. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know that was that was the it's analysis over. that you really you know, It's stuff like that that makes it so that we might go a little bit long on this podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Shit make, baby. Uh, the Probable starts looking at Wasker, you know, uh, Tony Disco, Anthony Discofani at San Diego, and Erod at Washington. Yeah, I really wrestled with uh, Discofani and Eduardo Rodriguez a bit here. Tony Disco, I still don't believe, is like the same guy from the first half. How do we rank the Padres, though? And I think, all right, if you have Tony Disco, you're probably going to start him here. Wasker Inoa has been going through some tough moments. Uh, I still think this the stuff is there. And uh, the actual real problem, surprisingly not, I think he threw about 70% sliders in his last start. Th- take that into consideration for a moment, Fast. 70% sliders from a starter. I love it. I love it. It's, am- it's great. I mean, normally we see it separated between other things. Uh, he threw 86 pitches in that game. 62 of them were sliders for a 72% usage. Uh, see, Dylan, it's not that hard. You can just <laughs> do it, Dylan. You can just do it. Oh, man. That was... Ooh, I, it's so funny how quickly we've just forgotten he existed. He's a free um, agent Dylan Bundy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Yankees are going to get him and fix him. Anyway, uh, the uh, with, with uh, Waskari Noah, he has not been the sharpest... He's not has not gone five innings uh, in his last three starts, but I, I think the skill set is still there. Uh, and once he figures out fastball a little, his fastball a little bit, he should be all right. So I am starting him against the Mets. I'm going to take the chance there. I think the strikeout upside is too high. I'm going to go by tens, and I want you to know, stop me where I get to where Anthony Discofani will be theoretically next year. So like he'll be in the top seventy, correct? Yes. He'll be in the top 60? Maybe. Will not be in the top 50? I don't think so. I don't know yet. Okay. I'm really bad at this. I, I say this all the time. I, I I have like a relative feel of just a general baseball year. This mm-hmm. is where they fall in, you know? Sure. And it's all relative. So we'll, we'll see how the field shapes up. But traditionally, a guy like Descafani, to me, is not part of the four. Uh, and what I mean by that is my draft strategy and 12 teamers every single year is you get four starters that you do, you know you are not going to drop this year. Like something mm. exceptional needs to happen. It needs to be, you know, a 10% chance or whatever that they, they, they're their worst selves. The, the, you need four of those guys, right? Tony Disco is not inside of that. So once you get to that point, then it's end of the 40s or so. Then it's like, oh, cool, after I get my four, I go for the highest upside guys. I yeah. go, and that essentially means strikeout ability, where there's a chance that their ratios are not bad. I don't know if Tony Disco is essentially that for me, so I'm going to be likely on the lower end for it. I, I can, I could be really dumb here because everyone's going to talk about how good he was and he's recovering, and I may be swayed as the season goes on. Maybe he is part of that four, but that's generally where I lie right now with Anthony Descafani. Over under three nine five ERA for him next year. Yeah, why couldn't you just say four? <laughs> I wanted to make it spicy. <laughs> I, I mean, this is a silly thing. Is like, that's a that's a best ball mentality. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I, I, I or a roto. That's how I right, but that's how I phrase it though. That's why I phrase it like four guys I trust through the year, and the other things are I'm constantly chasing for production. Um, yeah, if I, he had if he had a three nine five ERA next year, I am not drafting him. What? 
what? Come on. If no, Anthony I mean, Desmond I, I, has no, no, it. I'm saying I'm not drafting him because he'll be drafted before I get him. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll get him in the last round, but like that's I don't draft Tobys, and that's a Toby if it's a three nine five year. Okay, uh, it's that Giants organization that's got me swayed a little bit. I just don't know what they're doing with their pitchers, but it's obviously magic. Um, all right, let's move on to the questionable starts. Joe Musgrove at those same Giants. Sean Manaya, Eli Morgan, Nestor Cortez Jr., Zach Granke, Bailey Ober, Jose Suarez at Seattle, Tyler Anderson, John Gray, Jordan Lyles, John Lester at Chicago, Rich Hill, and Eric Lauer. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this. There's a massive. lot. I guess we should go ahead and start with Musgrove going against the best team in baseball. The best team in baseball. Theoretically, I guess they are. Yeah, right. They have the highest record. Yeah. Uh, The best record. Uh, Last four starts for Musgrove have been against the the Dodgers, Giants, Giants in Atlanta. He's allowed 300 runs, 300 runs, 500 runs, 300 runs. It's been a rough stretch for him. And I can I understand if you don't need the strikeouts that you might say, you know what? I'm going to ease up on the ratios here because he has he's allowed at least three walks in all four of those games. It's tough right now. He's not in the, in the perfect meld of his slider, curveball, fastball as he needs to be. Um, and it's, yeah, the Giants for the third time in four games. It's, it's not easy. So it's a questionable thing. It could go his way. Keep in mind, six innings, 300 runs twice in that stretch. So it is a poor quality start uh, by my definition of it. But uh, yeah, it, it's close. What about Sean Manaya? I just literally dominated that same yeah, Astros right? team with eight K's, one earned run, seven innings pitched. He ends so the day with 11 whiffs on his heaters. He's a cherry bomb. That's the thing. Um, and so is uh, Eli Morgan, who's right after, where if he has, there's two ways that Manaya has success. It's either he's throwing 93, 94 with a sinker or his change of bends and uh, curveball are getting a lot of whiffs. I actually don't even think that the changeup was that well commanded in this one. Uh, even though I had a 44% CSW, only through 16 of them, he really got a got 11 whiffs on the sinker at 92 instead of 93, 94. That worked, and that surprised me a little bit because normally he doesn't actually have that kind of success at 92, Sean Manaya. But uh, it's good. I'm very happy that he had that good start against the Astros, but I just don't know if he's going to repeat it. I mean, he's just jumped back and forth uh, constantly over the past month. All right. So what about uh, Sean Gray? Uh, excuse me, John Gray going up <laughs> against the Diamondbacks and that weaker offense? Obviously, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the best start against San Francisco. Four and two thirds, four and runs, no walks, and five Ks. But a definitely easier opponent. Yeah, it's uh, Coors and it's the Giants, right? So now you're away. No, it's in the Arizona. Diamondbacks. No, I no no no. That was oh, uh, oh, oh four point oh. two innings, five Ks, four and runs against the Giants mm-hmm. inside of Coors. Now he's away in Arizona. There's a lot of talk about, oh, no, John Gray is better at home than he is on the road when I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, It's Arizona. It's nice that he has that luscious of a start. Last time he faced them was in cores, 5.1 innings, 500 runs, 8Ks. So, I mean, just just as a reference point of, oh, yeah, it doesn't mean that he's going to do well. So it's a coin flip to me again. Lots of coin Um, flips here. There really are, including John Lester and that second revenge game against the Cubs. You just had one where it wasn't that great. And that's just kind of asking for. Right. But it's I mean, the Cubs. I, it's the and, Cubs. And it's also like if you need a win, it's the hottest team in baseball. Right. Yeah. It's and there's Eric Lauer, who's been on this amazing stretch. He's at the Dodgers, though. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, but I tell you what you don't do. You don't start Humberto Castellano, Zach no. Davies, Willy Peralta, John Heasley, whatever that is, Will Crow, Eric <laughs> Fetty, and Chris Ellis. John uh, Heasley you know, throws 95 or so for the Royals. Had a nice curveball there, too. There's, it's, it's kind of funny. The Royals are churning out these, I want to say, above-average stuff, guys, but no absurdly ridiculous stuff, guys. You know what I mean? I like kind of Carlos Hernandez a little bit. But yeah, Dana Lynch, Jackson Kowar, Carlos Hernandez, and now John Heasley are all like mid 90s. You know, it's <laughs> they're just none of them are really quite putting it together. Um, and Heasley's another one of that bunch. And the thing is, like, he's above Will Crow and Eric Fede and Chris Ellis. I mean, yeah, those three are going against the Reds, the Red Sox, and the Jays. Like, no, you're not doing that. I feel bad for Orioles fans who were like oh god remember like all those days where we had all those prospects that were going to be great like you know uh, Steve you know Brian Matt is and you know um you know and all these great pitchers that are going to be so amazing and like I feel like the Royals might be the same way where it's like man you remember Daniel Lynch you remember um Jacob Junis you remember Brady Singer do you remember Brad Keller like I'm still just like waiting for the day that one of them becomes more than just a serviceable four or five you know what I mean yeah well I I think they're all very close. I hope um, so. I just don't know if I believe that organization to turn them into that. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, there's something about... I, I've been noticing this a bit. Um, maybe it's the camera angle. Maybe it's how Salvi Perez frames. But there's something unsatisfying about watching the secondary pitches of Royals pitchers in their stadium. like Or maybe even like their fastballs just don't seem as hard or electric as other places. And I can't put my finger on it. You, I think kind of hit the nail on the head and this is half conjecture, half based in fact, but like sometimes I think that a catcher makes a decision. Like, am I going to focus on being like an amazing defensive catcher? Who's going to help all my pitchers? Or am I going to focus on being one of the best, like offensive catchers in baseball? And sometimes you can have it both ways. There are catchers who are serviceable offensively and are great defensive catchers. Sal Paris, I feel like has made a conscious choice to be like, (laughs) I'm going to hit a lot of home runs and I'm probably not going to be a great defensive catcher. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, one and pays a lot more money than the other. 100%. And considering like pitch framing is probably going to go the way of the Dodo in like two years. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder if they're like, whatever. Um, all right, let's you know, move into. I, I'm just so proud of the Dodo. You know, it's like, cause they made it. Yeah. Well, it's like, the, it's legacy is just, that's like the greatest kind of legacy you could have of just not exist. You know, like you, you didn't do anything. You actually, that is literally your legacy. That's a you great know? point. There have been a lot of extinct species through time and only yeah. one has made it into that phrase. Go the way. And, of the, the, and the fact like we, we work hard for our legacy. We have to do something with a purpose. So literally their legacy is not. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. No one's like, oh God, they're going to go the way of the woolly. Uh, you know what I mean? We should. We should. Woolies are cool. Woolies coming okay. back, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking into Saturday's starts, auto starts are Gaussman, Burns, Julio Urias, Tyler Molly, and Lucas Giolito. No point in talking about those guys. Probable starts, Zach Gallon, Framber Valdez, excuse me, Marco Gonzalez, and Tristan McKenzie. We already talked about Gallon, so no point in talking about him with that fastball coming back and the changeup looking a lot better and he gets Colorado on the road. How are you feeling about Tristan McKenzie? Just that Texas start where you're like, hey, let's do it. Yeah, well, he didn't have the he didn't he just didn't have command in his last start uh, <clears throat> against the White Sox, and he got punished for it. 
Uh, he went 2.1 innings, three in runs, eight base runners, 61 pitches in that time. He just did not have it. And the previous one from there, it was against the Royals. We got blown up for seven in runs. So seeing him this high might be a little bit of a surprise to some people, but I think the innate talent is there. Uh, and I, I, I mean, we've seen him on point as recently uh, as just three starts ago against the Twins. Where, I mean, twice in a row, really, against them. It was gorgeous uh, with the Blake's on blueprint and all. He had this amazing stretch of five starts. I don't think he's completely removed from that yet. And against the Rangers, he can really come out. So I'm starting him wherever I have him. Questionables are Jordan Montgomery, Shane Baz, Stephen Matz, John Means, Tanner Hawk, Hazel Cesardo. What a list. Antonio Sanzatella, Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bubich, Jamie, Bar- Jaime Maria, excuse me, uh, and Jack Flaherty. Let's start with Shane Baz, who just dominated the Miami Marlins over five and two thirds with nine Ks. I mean, he's been. I want to get Shane Baz and Michael Kopech everywhere. That's that's my goal for next year. Oh, yes. So you can total 100 innings between the two of them. Yeah, there, ah, there it is. I, 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 I mean, I can kind of see Boz doing the Shane McClanahan thing, uh, mm-hmm. where the Rays bring him up like three weeks into April or something like that. Sure, and just let him I, go after that. Because who else is going to start for the Rays next year? I mean, he's going to be know, in the, the playoff rotation. You know, he's doing totally. a lot more right now. It's great. I think he. I think there's a chance he could be like literally an MVP of the playoffs if he can keep yeah. his composure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing uh, about him, like why I'm grouping him with Kopech, is because they're very similar to me. They have the Noah Syndergaard build. Um, and if you don't know what that is, you're essentially very minimal in your uh, approach to the plate, where you're going very north south with it. That is, uh, you're not throwing cross body a ton. You're just going lifting your leg and leaning forward and and chucking a baseball. And they and they throw it hard. Uh, Boz showed a lot of maturity in his in his debut um making uh, just confident decisions with secondary pitches if you haven't i imagine you haven't it's a long video it's the longest video i think i've made 40 minutes maybe but it's i literally it's my favorite video i i did not genuinely enjoy any of them as much as i did this one for shane boz it was super fun uh, lots of I mean, I was sitting, uh, I know I'm tangenting, I'm so sorry guys, but uh, I went to uh, a game with Sammy Alzado, um, and there was a moment that I laughed, because it was essentially, it was a scenario of like, the pitcher got away with something, the batter, there's just something very specific that no one else laughed at me, he's like, Nick, you're the only one that just found humor in whatever just happened, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that happens a good amount in that, in that boss start of just surprise and... Ah, oh, there's so much to like about what he's done. I mean, I've obviously had the Marlins that really dominated too, and it was just okay. It's the Marlins. He goes against the Yankees now. I uh, that's a that's a tough one. I feel really good about Boz. He's going to throw 90s, upper 90s, up in the zone, and he's going to have a pair of secondary. I mean, really, it's a curveball slider and changeup that he flexed against the Marlins, but really, it's going to be a strong breaker uh, for the most part that you're going to see. Maybe some free real estate from the other one, uh, just falling in for called strikes. And I'm excited for it. I mean, it's it's a tried and true approach that will work. Um, I, I'm stoked for him next year. Probably go 140 innings. I hope next year, and same with Kopech. And I'm I'm down for both. Yeah, I was a little surprised not to see him in that in that probable start, considering it's the two uh, starts and against the Yankees. I can't. That that's it. You know, he's not going to go six or seven. Yeah. 
Uh, right. We're going to move then to the do not starts, as oh, I know man. that what? I can no, hear that no, stomach. No, can't do it. I know, I know we're going long, but no, hold on. You're the one who was like, I need to eat or I'm going to die. I know, I know, I know. Okay. But <laughs> just got to say, a lot. there's so much upside in this tier. Tanner Houck, he's going to be starting again. Is he? How long is he going to go against the Nationals? Really tough call there. I would go for it. Um, he's been pitching on relief, but if it's like three, four innings, I think it can be helpful against the Nationals. Hayes Lizardo, really high upside play here. His changeup wasn't there last time. If his curveball and changeup are thrown about 60% of the time, then I think it should be good combined. And Tony Sensatella is driving me up the wall. So <laughs> finally, like, he now has a good start away against the Diamondbacks. I'm sure this is not the start he's going to do well, despite demolishing the Dodgers in cores, but whatever. Um, Carlos Carrasco, not quite there, but fine. Bubich just did really well, but I don't really trust him against the Twins. I think he's a, a cherry bomb and more of a bomb than a cherry, sadly. And Jack Flaherty's <laughs> going to start, but he only went about an inning or so he, he uh, got, in the last one. Actually, before he did 19 pitches, one out. Uh, no command, and, right? Yeah, and hopefully he has it here. Uh, I imagine that they need him for the playoffs because it's Adam Wainwright. And then John Lester, Jay Hap, Jacob Woodford. I mean, Miles Michaelis. What? No, no, no. They need Flaherty to be producing some amount of innings in the playoffs. Dakota Hudson might follow, though. So Dakota Hudson could be the guy you actually want here instead of Flaherty. Ooh. Keep that in mind against the Cubs. Hottest team in baseball. Get the guy that might get the win, Dakota Hudson. That's the sneakiest play of the week for you. So I didn't want to skip over that. I didn't even mention inside that article. But uh, that's just for no, you guys Hudson, who, li- who listen Hudson's to the podcast. great if you're trying to sneak a little win in there. That's yeah, exactly. fantastic. Yep. Uh, Antonio tends to tell us uh, eight out of his last nine starts are quality starts. I know. it's uh, hmm. That's unreal. <laughs> hey, how many that's strikeouts unreal. in that time? Like, what's his cap on it? Like five or something? Uh, no, come on. He had seven Ks against the Braves. But yeah, it, 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 it's That's not been it. great. He's only eclipsed uh, five twice. <laughs> yeah, he's like two and three. But you know what? I was talking about this in the first pitch podcast where I was like, I was I was um, advising for people to stream Phil Gonsolin because he's hitting behind Shohei Otani, who gets walked every day. Uh, and Phil Gonsolin, as well as Antonio Sensatella, are the perfect guys that you like that win you your fantasy league in the last week because of some ridiculous nonsense. You know what I mean? Like they're the kind of guys you call the buddy that you beat in the championship, like 30 years from now. And you're like, remember when I beat you because of Antonio Senzatella? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Frank Schwindel got a stolen base. Yes, uh, I remember per- 16% strikeout rate for Antonio Senzatella this year. <laughs> Who cares? I'm um, this Who is, this cares? is uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Good luck. Do not start Spencer Howard. The only thing better than Hans Krauss's name is when you put a question mark mark next to it. (laughs) Hans Krauss. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, so that might be the name of the bad guy in the last. I know. Hans Hans Krauss. I know. That's all I can think of, too. That's a great name. It's a wonderful name. Um, Paul Blackburn, Matt Manning, Josh Rogers, Adrian Sampson, John Gant, Connor Overton, Drew Smiley, and <laughs> Pierce Johnson. So I mean, both of those question marks, I think they're both they're both heavily limited is the thing. So Hounds Cross probably goes three, four innings. Adonis Medina comes in. And Drew Smiley just split it with uh, um, uh, Jesse Chavez. So that's probably going to be the same thing, too. And when I say split it, they each had an inning. <laughs> that was it. Uh, but the thing is, Hans Kraus... Four innings against Miami could actually be decent. So, just something to think about. Oh, final gone. Last thing. The final day. 
No, 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 no. Spencer uh, Howard against oh, He just Jesus. went. He, he could go 80-plus pitches. Like, he could actually be good for once. If there's any time start. you start him. I know, but this is he's the top of the do not start. <laughs> Nick. No, no. You guys are going to be desperate. I know this. It's going to be Saturday. You're going to be looking at bottom of the barrel for a start here. And Spencer Howard, I, I can see that actually finally after a year and a half of waiting – that could be the Spencer Howard start that matters. All right, Donald, the final day. I'm sorry. Auto starts. I mean, and here we are Sunday. Like, this is a mishmash. We have no idea if any of these people are actually going to make exactly. these starts. Zach Wheeler, Walker Bueller, who knows? Shohei Otani, definitely. Who knows? Chris Sale. Also, before I even go, would you, if you're the Angels in a meaningless game, would you start Shohei Otani? Because it's dope. Yes. Okay. Chris, remind me never to make you the manager of my team. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sir, would you like to start Joe Otani? Yeah, mean, it just makes me oh, okay. also also keep in mind that's at Seattle. And obviously also, you know the history of Japan. Game. Yeah, you know the history of Japan and Seattle, of course, with Ichiro, and like that's a cool thing. I'm very excited to see where he ends up in a few years, considering his comments about wanting to win. Uh loved that. Uh Chris Sale, Logan Webb, Charlie Morton, Dylan Sees, Cal Quantrill, Freddie Peralta. Uh that's another really interesting name in terms of what you are going to do with him next year in Cal, Cal Quantrill with that 2.82 <laughs> ERA over 143 and two thirds inning. That is that could arguably be one of the biggest surprises of the 2021 season. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. It's all pretty much in like the second half of the season, too. It's it's astonishing. The thing is, though, he has a 19.5 percent strikeout rate, and I just don't see how that changes. I, I, I don't yeah. really see the full path. Like, he's has these random starts of 10 strikeouts and 9 strikeouts um, against the Tigers and the Angels. But it's just not... To me, it, those are the days that the four-seamer does more than it normally does. Um, and it, for the season, it's a 9% swing strike rate, but those days had 11 whiffs or 10 whiffs. And it just does not seem like a sustainable thing for me uh, from Cal Quantrill. While the secondary stuff, the slider, is it's, it's effective, but it's not a sharp breaking ball. It's not going to be that thing and the curveball and changeup are not really much to talk about so that's the problem i see with cal Quantrill. it's not like a forcing like joe ryan or something like that uh it's it's tough <clears throat> yeah that's uh he almost seems like savali light yeah well mm, not in terms of arsenal just in terms of the fact that he's probably not going to get you a bunch of occasions ratios are going to be okay or he's kind of a toby yeah well that that's exactly he's a toby Although he did have that 10K game against the Tigers. Anyway, probably will start for this, Toby. <laughs> okay. Marcus Stroman, Chris Flexen, Trevor Rogers, Herman Marquez. Marcus Stroman going up against Atlanta the final day of the season, which is always so wonky for teams that already have it locked in because it's like, hey, who's sitting in the front row? Do you want a bat? Great. Go ahead. I mean, the thing is, too, Marcus Stroman retweeted and commented on my tweet of the 34 starts. So there's no way he's not he did. making that start now. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> if he doesn't make that 34th start. Yeah, that would be pretty funny now. So, uh, yeah, he, he's certainly going to do that. And you make a good point. Like if Atlanta has it locked up, they might rest some guys in that final game. Yeah, it's just going to be Flowers hitting in every position uh, and playing the entire. Is Tyler Flowers even there anymore? I don't uh, know, man. I don't know. What happened? What cardboard happened cutout. Flowers? <laughs> <laughs> cardboard cutout. Tyler Flowers <laughs> is going to play every position. Uh, no, he's Fast, not That's what anymore. I call hitters. They're just cardboard cutouts. That's a good point. Uh, are there any other people you want to talk about in the Probable Starts before I move to questionable uh, Starts? Do you yell at me again? No, I'm, 
That's a, I will yell right, at you when I need to starts. yell at you fast. That's fine. <laughs> Hugh Darvish, Shenjin Ryu, Jamison Tyone, Drew Rasmussen, and Jake Odorizzi coming into the questionable starts. Yeah, so it's a little bit better for Tyone against, I think, against the Rays than it is the Jays. Um, just a little bit. Uh, Ryu goes against the Orioles, so the Yankees. So that's why they're we're in do not start now. They're in questionable for this. Uh, Rasmussen, it, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, he twice against the Jays, five innings, like one earned run. Uh, three strikeouts, right? And he could do it against the, the Astros. He can do it against the Yankees. It, it's possible and fine. He throws 96, 97. Actually, he throws 97. Just doesn't really have a secondary pitch that he can rely on a lot. Um, does have good break on the slider, but it's not, doesn't really develop. Jake Odorizzi is kind of interesting. Goes against the Athletics. Has potential to go five innings and get that, that win for the Astros. And he's the perfect guy for them to throw on Sunday because he's not going to be in that playoff rotation. So they don't really care. Um, and that, that makes a lot of sense for them. He probably would go even a little bit longer because of that. So uh, just to not tax the bullpen or anything like that. Maybe they want to get certain guys in. I don't know. But that could be an interesting uh, five innings and a win for Oda Rizzi. All right. Uh, the final do not starts. Jake Woodford, Josiah Gray, Griffin Jacks, Dane Dunning, Cole Irvin, Jackson Cower, Humberto Mejia, Riverson Martin, who is a Cincinnati Reds prospect going at Pittsburgh, Keegan Thompson, Tyler Alexander, Mitch Keller, and Bruce Zimmerman at so, Toronto. Let's start with Gray, I was going to say. Yeah, but go absolutely. Ahead. He goes against Coors today, uh, tonight. I mm-hmm. uh, did great. 12 whiffs on a slider last time out. Finally, I've been waiting for his command to return. I saw you tweeted that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about dang time. I but tweeted that today. <laughs> and if he does well in cores, he might feel okay actually against Boston. Uh, so it's, I mean, that's going to be a very heated day, uh, for the Red Sox likely. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and I would, nothing would make me happier than Josiah Gray go out on a high note there. Uh, there's also Jake Woodford, the Amish, Amish Mustang, uh, Woodford, um, against the Cubs. And he's the Toby that for five innings can get a win there against Chicago. So stuff to think about. I'm going to go ahead. This is a little wild. I'm going to go ahead and say that mm-hmm. Reaver San Martin should be a questionable against Pittsburgh. Okay. So I don't know yet because he's a ground okay. ball heavy guy. Uh, okay. I don't know how long he would go for. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I just don't know yet. Maybe he is. Okay. Maybe he's not. But as of right now, he could be someone that just goes three innings, and that's that. Yeah, I think he can go. He's been making a good amount of starts in AAA. He's kind of a lefty. I think he's got a little bit of a lower slot than usual. And I think he had some pretty good strikeout upside in AAA this year against Pittsburgh, which isn't too far off from a AAA squad. I think that's I'm going to go ahead and say do it. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's dependent on today. Oh, is he going today? Yes, he's going today, and then he comes on Sunday. That's the thing. So I kind of did this today. being like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about him yet. And then uh, he actually may have started already. Let's uh, he did. He went 5.2 innings, five strikeouts, one earned run against your Pittsburgh Pirates. That's pretty cool. Let's uh, go, Daddy. Yeah, all right. I'm not, I'm not saying no to this at all. Uh, how, many, how long did he go? See. Five and two thirds? Five and two thirds. He got, oh, eight whiffs on 31 changeups. I. Uh, 30% CSW on sliders. He actually only threw um, about 40% fastballs. That's interesting. Yeah, he's been, yeah, you know what's funny? Like, 
I, I I saw recently that Kyle Bodie is stepping away from his job with the with the Reds, and I wasn't really you know I know he was obviously working with them, but it seemed and once again this is a conjecture I'm not quite sure and I apologize if I'm wrong that a majority of the work that he did I thought he was going to work with a lot of these starting pitchers at the major league level, and it seemed that a lot of the work that he had done was actually with the minor league yes. level. Um, and Reber St. Martin would be one of those guys. He would be Very one of those true, guys yeah. that had worked with Bodie a lot. So I was kind of excited to see what he was going to do. So, again, it's Sunday. At that point, you're just going whatever works. You need Ks. You're looking for K upside. You're looking for wins, whatever. But he could be an interesting I, I, I'm very convinced here to put him into questionable start right now. Well, because, I mean, I didn't know what he would do. I didn't know that his changeup was going to get that many lists. I'll watch him, obviously. Yeah. Um, I have a, a trivia question for you. Oh, Can shoot. you tell me who the last pitcher was for the Pirates today? And I'm going to say this. He has been involved in a famous trade. Uh, you wouldn't even know that he's on this team. Uh, he has played for an NL East team, an NL West team, an NL Central team. Uh, I believe actually was on an AL Central team as well. I. Uh, a very famous trade known as one of the worst trades ever. One of the worst trades ever. He's a yes. reliever? Uh, well, you don't know him as one, but he was the last pitcher in this one for 48 pitches for the Pirates. The man is Shelby Miller. She- I was... Ah, all right. I'm sorry. I, no, I was from our, for our Miller. I knew, needed- I knew Justin Wilson was on. Isn't Justin Wilson on the Pirates? Ye- no. He's uh, well. The Yankees had him for a second. Uh, I think he was uh, he maybe now? again. I don't know. But anyway, I'm on the Reds, fun. right? He's on the Reds. And and, and Riverson Martin might be someone you should. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about him in the roundup tonight. Probably I might do the uh, the the breakdown tomorrow morning on him too, so you can get a good sense Ooh, of who he is. We'll see. All right. Well, Nick, we did it. What? An hour and fifteen what? minutes in, we no went way. through every starter. It's time for you to go eat some food. But guys, yeah, we are going to be back next week as we still haven't decided whether we're going to do the full one fifty. Maybe we'll do the top fifty and break it down in three episodes of fifty. I'm not quite sure yet. I think that might be the best way to go. Either way, that is going to do it for episode number two seventy seven of On the Court of the Official Pitchless.com podcast. I'm your host Alex Fast, and I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>